What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock, and today we're going to talk about the Oakland Athletics. If you weren't aware, we made a big announcement uh, yesterday on the website um, that lifetime subscriptions are here. I talked about it yesterday on the podcast. I talked it on the OTC. And yeah, go check it out. Uh, it's essentially four years of Peel Pro, then it's free for life after that. And you also get an awesome hoodie and a mug and shirt if you want those instead. Um, but what really it is, it's your way as a community to put your foot down and say, look, I want to support what you guys are doing and uh, we will be forever grateful to you. And it's also the way for us to to really not go to outside investment and to change or risk in any way, change how we function as a website. Uh, this is something I'm so, so adamant about. I've seen so many startups go for the VC money and try and get out in five, 10 years or whatever. They have to change what they do. They have to pay off investors and thus they need to become more uh, money grabbing and do things that are worse for the user, but better for the short-term result of paying off investors. I don't want to do that at all. I really truly do not. And the easiest way to do that in this creator economy is to look to you guys, the listeners, the community to fund this as best as possible to make sure that you get something back for that. Um, And this was the best way that I I could come up with to make it accessible to you to say, look, if you believe in us, um, then this is the best way to get what you want, which is all these amazing things that we're developing. I'm writing this article now uh, on the live stream, actually, um, as I record this podcast, which includes uh, me talking about the mobile app that we're developing. the pro dashboard, which I'm not going to go too into detail in, but essentially just think of it as the greatest uh, fantasy baseball tool you could ever imagine um, with all the data that we have in one. Uh, we are also exploring a lot of plans for creating our own fantasy baseball platform, uh, among other things. I mean, the baseball bar is something that I've talked about for a while, and all of this stuff I've explored personally, and I see how it would all work. At the end of the day, it's about ensuring that we don't take risks that sacrifice this incredible thing I've built over 10 years. And I shouldn't even say I've built. I Sure, I started it. But this is something that's been built by not just the staff, but by the community. And it's why when I was approached by a VC uh, firm and they said, are you willing to sell for 51%? I said, absolutely not. And they said at first, well, no worry. Don't worry. You'd be paid. And so would the staff to be, you know, to, I'm sure you're loyal to your staff and everything. And I said, no, it would be disloyal to the community. And I won't ever do that. I don't want ever want to sell picture lists. I want you to know that clearly. This is the thing I want to do. What's the purpose of selling? I want to do this forever. I know I want to do this. I love this immensely. I see so, so many things that we can do inside of this market, inside of this uh, field. And I just want to do them all with you. So if you're here with me, uh, please consider getting PL Pro Lifetime. We will not have a higher tier subscription in the future. If we do, you get it. But you, this, all the Lifetime subscribers, and we're not selling a ton of them. That is, we're going to be closing the door on it. Like it's a limited quantity. We're selling a lot of them, but you know what I mean. Um, so we're going to be closing the door likely in a couple days or something like that. I don't know when uh, we're going to kind of reflect on it and say, okay, you know, I think now's the time that we don't really want to overdo this at the moment. So I... Uh, Please consider supporting us. I, I, it's an early bird thing right now, and we'll be opening it up, you know, every so often. Um, but we're really excited about what's ahead, and we have so many fun things to create for you. And I hope that you can make us, uh, yeah, help us get there. Um, so 
I'm going to talk about the athletics now, and I figured I can take some time talking about that because it's the athletics. Uh, J.P. Sears is going to be the ace of the staff because Mason Miller is a closer, and that's really frustrating. Don't count out J.P. Sears. He has a flat arm angle that makes his four-seamer explode up in the zone. Uh, Kyle Bland calls him the lefty Paul Seawald. If you know Paul Seawald, you know how good that four-seamer works up in the zone because he has such a low arm angle. Well, J.P. Sears has that too. He doesn't really have the best, say, extension or velocity um, or really IVB, but because it's such a good VAA, it really does excel upstairs. Now, he only has a 50% high location, and that's really the biggest issue. But as you do see over time with these young arms, they find ways to get more consistent, get more in rhythm and be able to hit those spots uh, more frequently. And there is upside to Chaser. We have seen days where Sears gets like 20 whiffs on his four seamer and then other days where he gets like five. And finding that consistency is going to be everything. I think what will help with that is the slider they threw about 35% of the time last year for a uh, 68% strike rate. That's good. 32% CSW, high PLV marks. Actually, he's a PLV darling because of the combination of that four-seamer and that slider. Really good uh, VAA on that four-seamer. And of course, the slider being a 5.5, tons of strikes, really hard to hit. Um, it's, I mean, it could be better, of course. And finding more consistency of getting down a bit when he wants to as opposed to just kind of flinging it into the zone, um, will be a major thing. The changeup, I think, is going to be a big, big area of improvement uh, for Sears. If you can find a way to get that downstairs and really do the Blake Snell blueprint with four seamers and changeups against righties and then have that back foot slider, and then against the lefties go down and away with that slider and destroy them, there it is. It's it's. It's all set out in front of him. The only problem is consistency, truly. I think he has enough... Uh, skill and stuff at the moment. Um, it's just about that consistency. And then you throw in, of course, the fact that you're hoping for uh, seven wins from JP Sears. I mean, I really want to make sure this is clear, guys. When it comes to win chasing, I understand they didn't do well last year, the athletics. They're going to be better this year. Generally, every single bad team like this does better the next year. They're going to need somebody to get innings. He got 172 of them last year. That in itself meant, I think, Sears had five or seven wins, something like that, just because he saw the sixth inning and even bad teams win games. Someone has to be pitching those games and uh, generally they win those games when they have a good pitcher. So if Sears is actually performing at a level of ERA and whip that is good enough for you, that means he's doing likely over six innings constantly and that means that he's giving himself a chance uh, to to get wins. So it's not completely like, oh no, I get JP Sears and I have zero wins on my team. It's not like that. Um, so consider him. I don't really think I'm going to go for it for 12-teamers. I don't feel like I need to get him now. It's something to monitor through the year. However, in 15-teamers, 15, 15 I wouldn't um, completely ignore this. JP Sears does have some upside he has not hit yet. It's just about the volatility. You know, me and volatility is really annoying. Uh, Paul Blackbird is going to be the number two, likely. And, oh boy, I don't know. The fastball is just too hittable. Um, and he could be a junk baller. Like, he has an uh, array of secondaries and... Yeah, his changeup had a 20% swing strike rate against left-handers, which is really good to see. Um, his cutter might be a really good pitch inside the zone to jam left-handers as well. Uh, the slider and curve can be good against uh, right-handers. It's just the fastballs are um, just not good. I mean, he had to throw fewer fastballs because they were so hittable, but because of that, he walked more batters because he threw tons of strikes with them before and didn't throw enough strikes with that slider curve and change. Um, and a cutter, I could even say, there too, for Paul Blackburn. So he's going to have to figure out something here to really make this work. I mean, it was a 56% uh, four-seamer strike rate, by the way. 
um, as he was trying to really elevate it a bit, and that's a 6% strike rate, so swing strike rate, so yeah, no thanks. Don't do that. Um, it got crushed to 59% ICR. I mean, just don't throw it. It's such a bad four-seamer. Go sinker instead to right-handers inside. Go cutter inside to lefties instead. That should be how you deal with things. Um, a 434 sinker PLV is also an atrocity. Um, yeah, so... I don't want to do this. You might, we might see moments during the year that Paul Blackburn gets into a rhythm. That's good enough. But uh, yeah, you really don't want to be chasing Paul Blackburn and your 12 or 15 teamers. Maybe a two-step daring because he will at least get the opportunity. Um, he'll be starting every five days as long as his, he's healthy. Yeah, but Paul Blackburn is not the guy. Um, I'm going to talk about Joe Boyle and uh, some of the fringe guys and some prospect guys. And there are some things here that are interesting. Uh, and we're going to talk about all of that after this break. So Joe Boyle, only through 16 innings last year, had 25% K rate, 1690 ERA, 0.81 whip, 16 innings. Like, this does not matter. Uh, 43% ICR in that time, by the way. And he throws hard. I mean, 98 on average on that four-seamer, but just an 11% swing strike rate. So you're probably saying, okay, Nick, that's because its pitch shape isn't good. Actually, that's not true. IVB is there, really good extension, and VAA is fine. So what the heck? Well, he doesn't throw it upstairs. You can't command it, and I I think, uh, I can't remember who it was, maybe it was Fertree, maybe it was Sherlock or uh, someone else who was reacting last year, as I think we did a, a pair of videos on the same day. One was Joe Boyle, I think one was maybe Reese Olsen, or maybe it was Sorry Gibson Long. They could just tell on how I was reacting watching the pitcher that I was not into Joe Boyle. And it wasn't necessarily because the stuff wasn't very good, it was because his locations were just so random. Every single pitch, I never felt that I knew where the pitch was going to go. I don't think that he knew where it was going to go. He was just kind of chucking the thing. And those pitchers, I get bored because it's just, it, it, it is. It's like a melody that is just in the scale and not catchy at all, right? It's just like, yes, that is a melody, but not one that like I am in tune with and it doesn't have any sort of hook or anything like that that is appealing. So... If Joe Boyle can figure out his command of that four-seamer and actually be a, a massive 60-plus percent high-location guy, with it have a slider and or curveball that can get strikes consistently and really like in the zone and out of the zone as he wants, this can be great. He had high strike rates, and you can say, oh, no, Nick, you're wrong about this. His control is really good. 67% strike rate on the four-seamer, 63 on the slider, 65 on the curve. That's fair, but I think it was just like aimed to the middle. You know, and not actually going up uh, north-south, east-west, all that kind of stuff. There is a lot of polish left to add here on both the four-seamer um, and slider specifically. And the curve is really more of an afterthought as it's, it was a 39% called strike rate because no one really expected him to throw it at all, let alone for a strike. On the fringe, I mean, that's really only three guys and it's going to be a bit of a battle in Oakland. There are a lot of options. So Mason Miller... He's a closer. I'm not really going to talk about him anymore. I think his stuff is so good. I think uh, it, it, he's just going to be so filthy, and I'm really upset that he's a closer. The second that they say, hey, go, we're going to stretch him out to be a slarder, I'm so back in. And I would I would have Mason Miller at like 60 in my rankings if he were a starter, just because that's outside my my rock of the four starters that I'd be getting. And then I, I would be, um, that would be like my upside play or something like that. Uh, but there are a ton of guys to talk about. So there's Luis Medina, who had moments last year where his slider was just so good and he was cooking with it. But the problem is that his fastball is is not that great. 
Um, it's at 96, but it is, it's pretty mediocre. The sinker isn't very good. The curve isn't good. The change isn't good. It's really just a slider. And so when he had those moments, it was a Wasker rule of, hey, a really good slider and nothing else. And I don't like that, especially for a bad situation like Oakland. Um, Osvaldo Bido came over from the Pirates and uh, he might get an opportunity to start. And I think you guys all know that um, he's not really a guy to trust whatsoever. I don't want to spend any time on Bido. Uh, you shouldn't. He might just be a two, three inning um, bullpen guy. I mean, really what the athletics could do is not even have a proper rotation. Just have a collection of piggybacked starters to get through games. And then some days they show up in the pen and something like that. I don't know. They could do something really funky with this. Um, Kyle Muller is not the guy that I got kind of excited about with Atlanta. Um, not the overpowering fastball anymore and not really the two secondaries that I like, the, the curve and the slider. So, um, yeah, this, he's he's got a lot of work to do. So I don't want to go for that one. Sean Newcomb, I believe, is dealing with injuries. And it was so surprising that he... Uh, um, he showed up. I was, I was absolutely shocked. He was like the new Newcomb, but yeah, no, no, thank you. Hogan Harris was a Toby at times last year um, from the left side. He's more of just a try to get weak contact as a junk baller and stuff, trying to do like the Dallas Keuchel. Don't want to chase that whatsoever. The athletics didn't even trust him and moved him into like having a false starter um, and he would follow it and be okay. So really that leaves two guys, Adrian Martinez and Joey Estes, I think, for the fifth spot. And this is going to be an interesting um, competition. So I, we saw just one game as a starter for Adrian Martinez and then many two-inning um, outings. Uh, he has a really good changeup when it works and a good slider that, uh, that it could be like a big strike rate pitch it was a 53 percent strike rate pitch last year i feel like it can be like a 60 percent plus um and it's one of those where he's missing too far out of the zone glove side uh and it's i like to see that because the intent is correct and it's all precise outside the zone right it's not like he's missing like a shotgun blast so you just got to make an adjustment to start the pitch earlier and you should be able to make that tweak um the sinker is terrible so uh, that's a problem. And he's really like a Cleveland Guardian pitcher, you could hope, for that slider and changeup. Uh, that makes him more of like a lefty specialist at the moment because of the changeup. But then again, sinkers inside or righties. And then what is it to lefties? I don't know, man. Um, it's not really the thing I want to chase because of that, because it's just not a good fastball in here. And the slider has to get much better as far as getting strikes. So then there's Joey Estes, and he gave us 10 innings. Um, the last start, the second start uh, was... BSB, that is a Blake Snell blueprint. And four-seamer is pretty good. Um, it's 92-93, but it has a solid amount of IVB with intent to go upstairs. He has a, a decent slider. He has a changeup that's you know getting better. I can see Joey Estes being like a decent arm. That is someone who has a like a I could see him like a 20-20% strikeout rate with like a four and change ERA, like a four-two ERA, like a one-two-five whip or something. Like borderline of like, hey, if you were Mer Merrill Kelly and an amazing defense and uh, good run of support, like actually would be picked up and stuff. Um, the problem is that it's Oakland. I don't know how much they're going to use him. I don't know how much he's going to be able to develop. And the lower velocity means he has to really be precise with his control and command, really the command. Um, but he has the control. That's the thing. Joey Estes across his arsenal, I believe, can be a control guy and get pitches enough in the zone. It's just about 
you know, not making enough mistakes. Uh, there are two prospects that might be of interest. Uh, one is Freddie Tarnock, who came in the Callum Muller deal. I talked to some prospects, and, or sorry, talked to some scouts about that deal. Um, and they uh, they were saying that was the major prize of the Sean Murphy deal for the athletics was Tarnock. Uh, he gets so much IVB on his four-seamer. Problem is he's really over the top with it. So uh, it does hurt the pitch. And it's an interesting balance of like how flat is your arm versus how much extra rise do you get. What can work with it is actually when you get a lot of IVB in a very steep arm angle, it actually could be really good low as guys think it's going to drop out of the zone and then stays up. Um, and that's pretty cool. And then you can go um, like change up slider underneath. Uh, he needs to do better with the change up and slider. There's also uh, the shoulder strain that ended his 2023 season. And it'll probably take some time for that. But if he does have that IVB, there is something. I mean, that's a really good skill. And let's see if there's a way that it works. So the real gem to me of Oakland prospects and someone I'm going to be keeping my eye on is this big guy, Robert Salinas. And... He was also, I believe, in this deal, and I actually think this is the most important prospect of the Sean Murphy deal. I think it was a Sean Murphy deal. I mean, he was with um, Atlanta previously. He throws upper 90s and has a trio of secondaries. Um, big slider in there, too. I, I, I can see him as like... I remember watching some tape of him, and Salinas appeared to me like he was playing like the older vet coming back and pitching against high schoolers. As he has all of the tricks, he knows all of the veteran things of I'm going to throw it fast over here, sinker over here, big slider like this. He just has that look of like, I know all the things. And he's 21 or two, 22. He's a younger guy than I expected. Not 21 maybe, but um, I think there's something here with Robert. So take a, take a look at him, especially considering how iffy. A lot of these options are for the athletics. Osvaldo Beto, Kyle Muller, Adrian Martinez, Sean Newcomb, Hogan Harris. Like these are not, to me, definitive starters that they really want to go with. And if Roberto Salinas is killing it, uh, you might see uh, it might seem come up by like June, July, and I would be in on that. I think Roberto Salinas is has a really good skill set. It's just about okay, is he throwing enough strikes with this stuff, and is he actually throwing with intent in the correct locations? Because if he is, then whoo. I'm ready for it. I don't even care if it's the athletics. I'd be in on Robert Salinas. All right, that is it for today. Thank you all so much for supporting what we do. I'm glad that you listened to the Oakland Athletics one because honestly, I think a lot of people are going to skip over this one and you shouldn't. There's value to be had on every single team and knowing about Salinas, knowing about the possibilities of J.P. Sears, what we should really think of Joe Boyle. This kind of stuff really does help if you have this in the back of your mind during the season. Um, But that is it. Thank you all so much for your support. Go check out pitchless.com slash lifetime for the Lifetime PL Pro and PL Plus subscription. Uh, If you just want to be a member of the Discord forever, I mean, yeah, go get a Lifetime subscription. It will be well worth it. Um, But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babbles be low and your strikeouts high.